Hello, everybody. This is Dan from Teachers in the Dungeon. Just a quick note before we start this week's show. It was recorded in the wild, so to speak, in a very echoey room with a lot of ambient noise. So that was the only place we could get together with two of our friends who were helping us discuss a couple of the games that we played this past week and wanted to share with you guys. So anyway, hopefully you can see past the poor recording quality and enjoy what we put together for you. Yo ho ho, it's time to go Back to the dungeon far below There's arriving time to die Welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross, and joining me most of the time, all the time, it depends on if the goblins have gotten to you or not, but here's Dan Ream. <laughs> I am here. The goblins have left me rather exhausted today. Oh, yes. Long day. Yes. I, I was Long gathering that from, we have, we have a couple of guests here who ran the goblins off, I think, <laughs> and uh, joining us today, a regular sometimes on the show, is uh, Mark Kugler. Hello. Hi. Nice to be here. Nice to have you, as always. <laughs> and joining us for the first time is... Oh, this is your second time? Okay, well, for the second time is Brian DeSutter. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I almost forgot your name after I said uh, for the second time. This intro was smooth as silk. <laughs> Thank you. Nice Thank you. Well, we're a little... I, I don't expect any less from you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I know there shouldn't be any less, but we're a little out of our elements here, and so things are just not settled. They're not settled. So now we got together. This would normally be our show where we recap our Waterdeep campaign, mm-hmm. but we did not play Waterdeep the last time we got together because yeah. real life intervened. Our DM sucks. <laughs> oh, man. You had to be elsewhere. Okay. Allegedly. Noted. <laughs> Noted. I'm placing that somewhere in my head that will come back to maybe haunt you. You won't remember. <laughs> no, you're probably right. No, I couldn't be there. Uh, and being the DM, that means that no game happened. So you were on, were you on a school, you were on a school bus. I was, yeah. I was heading to an overnight with, <laughs> with goblins. Yes. <laughs> Speech goblins. Speech goblins. Yep. So, uh, so we couldn't record when we normally do, or we couldn't play when we normally do. So I told you guys, I think you should all get together and play some games. And so what you chose was a D&D game. So I thought, why not replace our Water Deep recap with a D&D board game that you guys pulled out? Mm-hmm. And so you played, and this is a game that you went to a store. He's looking at Marcus when he said you. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at Mark. You'll hear his voice in just a second. And I went to a store. A store, <laughs> and you found, like, multiple copies of this for a very reasonable price. Yes, yeah, really yeah. reasonable. Very reasonable. So I don't know I don't know why exactly, Dan, you and I were talking at lunch a little bit, why this game has gone so clearance. The game's name is Warriors of Kryn, Dragonlance Warriors of Kryn. You may have heard of it. It goes along with the Dragonlance campaign book. They sold it separately, 
but they also did a package deal when they sold the Dragonlands campaign with the book and the game and the game itself. And it sort of in, you can integrate it into the campaign, the board game. It's a um, cool idea. It is a cool idea. It was just really expensive. And I'm wondering if that I mean, we can maybe circle back to that later, but why we think it failed. But I'm guessing the price might be a significant factor. Yeah, and I think the the board game originally was running like around ninety bucks. I think. Yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. That's um, a little. That's a little high, even in the board game market, isn't it? I think so. Yes. I mean, that's more mm-hmm. than I've spent on any I've board games. Like 40, 50, most, most of them that are the level of, of the Warriors of Kryn f- fall somewhere in that 50 to $60 range. So it's about $30 more. Again, it has the novelty that it goes along with the campaign, but it doesn't have to. So as you guys discovered mm-hmm. as you played it. So it's Warriors of Kryn that you guys played. I was not there, so I'm going to ask the questions because I'm kind of curious. I'm asking the questions. That's right. Here. That's right. I'm just kind of curious how this game was played. So tell me about the experience of getting it out and and playing it. My understanding is, this is what I heard, is that the rules came to you, and then you tossed it to Brian almost well, immediately. I read them the night before, and I thought, you know, it's always good to have somebody to else to read them so they... Like I'm not the only one making decisions. But yeah, I read them, and I set it up the night before, and I made sure I had everything, and I could set everything up. And that went pretty well. And then it was just, they weren't quite as clear as I wanted them to be. I like a nice bullet point list, and things go, here, do this, do this, do this. They were not quite like that. But I think between the two of us, we kind of got things figured out, and it ran pretty smoothly So after that. So, Brian, what does, the, what does the game look like when you set it up on the table? Uh, there are cards, or not cards, but basically, like, kind of bigger pieces of cardboard, or I, I don't know, yeah. cardstock, yeah, um, that you're setting up and that you are placing armies on. And then in between each of these f- battle flanks, as they're called, there were a, a command post or a... There was a village, there was a beach, a forest. I mean, smaller pieces that join the larger together to create a map. And it, it doesn't look like a map, but that's how it functions. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, are they tiled? You piece it together? Mm-hmm. Or yes. It's a, yes. It's, okay, so and it's not yeah. a regular board. And it, no. The no. function is spaces to move on, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you get I so can tell moves. you the shapes if you want, but it wouldn't make much. I don't know if you'd understand it. <laughs> Geometry. Do you? Wow, you, I don't know what I did to you today. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's you. It's he the, said he had a bad day. <laughs> well, yeah, goblins. It was the goblins. Goblins. Yeah, okay. So. I'll I'll take the brunt of the goblins' uh, uh, fault. Um, so when you so I know that there's a way to play the game. At least I think there's a way to play the game with your characters. Did you go that route, or did you? Do they have characters built in, or what does that look like? They're, yeah, just pre-gen type of characters. Where yes. Definitely, just simplified D and D characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, you 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 have the choice of what class you want to play, and then you just slap whatever name on there. Okay. You want, but it's the class that matters. Okay. And then, what what is the goal? You mentioned there's armies, and then you guys are heroes. Yeah. I'm the, assuming, the and the goal so varies. There's oh, scenarios, okay. yeah. and the way I understand it, when I read the whole book, 
before we even went there is that you kind of start and you can kind of keep track of the scenarios mm -hmm. and run it through from, I think there are 12 or 13 of them. And you kind of run it through all of those scenarios. If you're running this, I guess, probably with Dragonlance mm -hmm. to say, here's what you start at and you go through this one and you go through this one and you can probably play your little campaign and be your other, your smaller campaign in yeah. between. And these would be the big kinds of things going on. And so you keep track of that. And I don't know, I didn't quite get the mechanic of how they'd want you to go through back and forth because I was not trying to do that. Right. But yeah, those scenarios lead to an end. Okay. Sometime. So I was noticing in the, in the campaign book, I've got this uh, right here on the first reference to the game itself uh, shows up in a little, I don't know what you call these, it's a pop-out box on the page. And it's in chapter three, and the chapter three is called When Home <clears throat> Burns. And up at the top, they say, Warriors of Crin Scenario 1. So okay. as you were mentioning Scenario 1, it says, With the Red Dragon army on its way, Becklin summons the characters to, to Cudgel's command tent at the village's edge. When they arrive, read the introduction to Scenario 1 in Dragonlance Warriors of Crin, then play that scenario. It kind of told me what how it works, but what I was trying to figure out when just thinking about this game. So, are you leading armies, or they're sort of secondary, and you're doing things that impact what they do? Well, on the cards, you set up the cards and the different kinds of things, and you have your heroes. And on the cards, there were different tokens that represented units or mm -hmm. some sort of foot soldiers. Foot soldiers. Archer, archers and, and mounted. mounted. And I'm guessing they're probably some kind of, you know, larger groups of units that are out there that were fighting each other, but you're mm -hmm. kind of controlling those, and your mm -hmm. heroes are trying to run around. And they can assist that, but also move the goal. And we played Scenario 1 that night, oh. so, yeah, getting those villagers evacuated, mm -hmm. that was the main goal there. Yeah. And you're trying to do that while these armies are going back and forth and doing things. Okay. And is that, that's the scenario you were telling me, Brian, about you drew an unfortunate card right at the start. How did, how did that work? So we, we, there's these scenario cards that each turn, each person, when it's your turn, you have to flip over an event card. Mm -hmm. The first event card, and I don't remember who flipped, happened to flip that one over, Paul, I think. He flipped it over and it said, immediately there are these vile creatures that are kind of like the mini bosses on the board that you have to fight. And it said immediately if there are any of these people adjacent to any of the villagers, immediately remove two villagers per vile creature. And there happened to be two vile creatures adjacent. So we immediately lost four villagers out of the 12 that we had. And to be successful in the scenario, you had to save at least eight. <laughs> <laughs> so you're to your minimum in the first play. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it, just as a sort of general statement, this, this would be, you know, it's a cooperative game. Mm -hmm. And it plays like Pandemic, if anybody's familiar with that. In fact, very similar because Pandemic, you also turn over essentially event cards mm -hmm. that usually mean something very bad happens. And then you have to scramble to, to fix that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we were doing. Yeah. Are you all in the same location or like Pandemic? Are you spread out around the map? Just start together. But yeah, you can't it didn't really out. say where we started, so we just assumed that we started at <laughs> oh, the base okay. tent. Yeah, that's, that's kind well, of that actually. That's what it. That, yeah, that's what it says here. Oh. 
in the in the campaign. Might have been an error in the game that they put the instruction there, but <laughs> forgot to put it in the game. Yeah, so yeah. there might have been. That yeah. was one of the things that, that, that would have that would have been helpful to know. <laughs> we just assumed we made that rule ourselves. So, so you talked about the tiles. You talked about the cards. What does the rest of the table look like? Do you, are there minifigures, or what comes to what comes with the game to to uh, represent you as the heroes, the armies? There were some is it three dimensional or is it flat? Um, it's well, the cards are kind flat, but yeah, a little both. There's <laughs> okay. some minifigs that represent characters, and they're kind of generic. Yeah, it's the one. I guess the one thing that felt a little weird is they didn't feel like they fit. No, with, I mean, you've yeah. got them to show where you are, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like there were nice squares or things for them to go in. Mm-hmm. You know, each okay. each piece of cardboard on the table was a, a a place you could go, but they're all different sizes. So we could all be in this tiny little crowded space, or we could all that we actually didn't all fit. Our figures wouldn't all fit on, mm-hmm. or we could spread out into the larger ones. So okay. that that was one thing that just aesthetically was less pleasing about the game. It didn't affect the pl- gameplay. No, not but at all. it's just one of those things. You're like you look at the table nice and it's yeah. kind of planned. Yeah. Okay. Also, just the fact that those the six mini or the figs for just our characters were the only figs, and everything else was either very small. The, the troops were all these like rectangles or that's true plastic tokens yeah, mm-hmm. pla- yeah. very plastic or car- literally cardboard were like the vile creatures and the objective like the little village people were just exclamation points on a little yeah that's true not, in a, not a huge not doesn't affect gameplay but it's definitely one of the things where it looked a little <laughs> just thrown together yeah hmm. and for you know like you guys said originally a $90 price point I would expect a bit more yeah, out of a box that I'm paying that much money for. A little more attention to detail. Interesting. I wonder if there was, and there's the part of me that thinks there was a set that did have figures. I could be wrong on that. That's, I'm guessing there. When you gave me the the the, the game that uh, when you went to the store and uh, we opened it up, I was kind of like, <laughs> paid I was, I was, with money. With money. <laughs> it was it was just. It, yeah, I kind of was... I mean, it's cool. It looks like a cool game, and I love that it goes with the campaign. Mm-hmm. But when I opened it, I was kind of like, this is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of that. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Okay. And you mentioned, so so when you complete a scenario, then I know in the in the campaign, it you then go back to the role play, and you get into the game again. But if you're just playing the game itself, then you just, just go on to the won, next... You can go. Yeah. There were three conditions. There was a win... There's a kind of a draw, a hold, oh, okay. or there's a lose, mm-hmm. and it tells you what each one of those are and kind of what happens mm-hmm. in that scenario if you're just playing that. I'm sure it means a lot more with the Dragonlance book, it, yeah. win or lose or draw. Yeah. yeah. I'm just looking at the, the description of what happens. So this one says, if the characters attain a win or hold or hold during this scenario... Each character gains inspiration. Additionally, after the people of Vogler have reached safety, they recognize the characters as honorary members of the village, and the mayor gives them one of the, commu- the community's few treasures, a folded paper kingfisher. So it was, it was a fun... I mean, one thing I... Jumping right... Anytime I, you jump into a brand new game, it's chaos, and you just think, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Yeah. But then it kind of smooths out. And, and I did appreciate it, it does, I think it 
one of the game's strengths is it, I feel like it nicely streamlines the D&D experience. Oh. Mm-hmm. That each character has got certain things that it can do that others can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but only so many times, and then you've got to rest. Okay. And so you have to plan and economize and figure out where am I most helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I played a wizard, and so I was really not much good taking down the bad guys. But what I could do is teleport and so I could grab the big guys and put them where they needed to be and grab the villagers and help get them out Mm -hmm. and things like that. So that felt very D&D-like. And it was very cooperative, and that was very nice. You know, it's it's how do you work as a team and how do you do those kinds of things and Mm -hmm. where should we be going and trying to think those kinds of things through, which was, I think, beneficial and has that nice Mm D&D aspect as well. Yeah. It it went a lot quicker than a D&D session. Yeah. Yeah. Your thoughts on the game? Um, I play in the we played the introductory uh, boot camp. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh there's a boot camp like yeah, to learn a, how to play. Yeah. The scenario okay. Zero. Yeah. And then we played the the first scenario. And the first scenario, I played a ranger, and so one of the tiles that we were on had a wooded area, and so the ranger had all these benefits in that area. So I pretty much exclusively stayed in that one because that's where my greatest strengths were, and so. Kind of like uh, what Mark and Dan were saying is, is you know, it, it very much streamlined. Like, okay, I can do these things. The only time I left that square was to go to the boot camp or the command post to rest, and then I could get cards back to play. That was the only thing that one of the other big things that wasn't clear to us mm-hmm. was when we were establishing our characters, we didn't flip it over and see, oh, you're supposed to. Get, we thought we only got like two cards, which is what helps you use your abilities. Mm-hmm. In actuality, we were supposed to get four, and that made obviously a very big difference. Okay. How would this be modified if you used your characters? So, if I'm playing the campaign and I have my character fighter, let's say, how does that integrate in, into this? Is, is it a is it a fairly easy fit? Or I didn't. I don't know if you guys was there anything in the rules about it or. Well, I didn't see anything in the rules, and so I guess you would just take your class because everything seemed to be mostly based off of class. Yeah, and yeah. so I think it'd be simplified. Maybe you get, you know, a certain number of those cards, but they wouldn't necessarily line up with what your character does. Okay. Yeah. Like every you would never be spell available. And yeah. for example, know, as a wizard. Got it. And I know that further along, there are equipment kinds of tokens mm-hmm. that you get and some and I think maybe even some different spell things that come up but okay. we were not anywhere near that, those points at this point and so it was just very going so, through rolling those dice so, so what I'm hearing is is maybe you don't play your characters in the game you just enter yourself into the war I kind of feel like you'd have to really dumb your character down. Yeah, you'd have to create some table mm-hmm. rules to do that. Okay. See, so maybe you're just taking on a new... Yeah. Just, you become part of the war and whatnot. So the question I have is, could this be modified to any adventure? If So if, if I'm creating a homebrew and I want there to be war, would this be... Would the mechanics of this be loose enough that I could fit a story into that or give give a war scenario where then you turn to this game to play that out? My initial thought is you would have to probably do some modifications to it. I think the framework that it's got 
I guess thinking in terms of because I, I do homebrew, mm-hmm. I look at that and think, oh, okay, that gives me some ideas. I might use some of the cards. I might use some of the pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's probably going to function differently than what I would have to think through. Again, because we'd want to incorporate full-fledged characters. Yeah. So that would right. require some adaptation, I think. Okay. Uh, but, and so since I don't do that, I was going to say, yeah, I think you could. What I would be interested, what I think would be the hardest part, maybe, there are key points that you go through, and those key point cards, those are the really bad ones. I mean, it wasn't just, yeah. you know, well, every time you do this, you turn over one of those cards, something bad happens, but when you hit that key point card, that's a awful thing, oh. seems like. So, <laughs> Do you have an example? Well, the... the oh, I, the, the, the full... Oh, you, you pull the... the you yeah. pull a, a key point at the very beginning yeah. of the first card. Yeah. Oh, you know, you put them in there and you shuffle them, and then it's yeah. just like, oh, well, just there you go. Okay, all right. Um, but when you hit those, in the rule book, there are these different numbered scenarios or something that are going with that, that you read on this one, this is this line, and it tells you what's going on. Mm-hmm. And those were pretty, tailored pretty much to crin that okay. and so mm-hmm. i think you'd have to rework some of those okay. but you know by now somebody may have done that so maybe yeah. you could go up online and find some okay. more generic ones because i thought when we first talked about playing it i was kind of excited because i thought we were going to be able to just straight up take our characters in mm-hmm. and play and i'd always kind of wanted to play my character in a large scale combat yeah. to see how that would work out and that is not what this game is like I don't okay. think you could just drop your character in and play up you know hey not, you're waiting no. through mass combat that's mm-hmm. not what you're doing okay yeah I know that's where I was going with that question is is I know as a kid edition one where it's very combat oriented we always wanted to have like big wars and stuff but we could never figure out the logistics of like moving troops around. And so, so we never did it. But so I thought maybe this is that tool. Maybe this is the mechanic that allows a person to do that. Not quite. No. Uh, the best I had was actually last year at GaryCon because mm-hmm. I think the Dragonlance book had just come out. Is that or it was been about, about that time? Yeah. And they had set this up so that. It was a morning session, and neither you nor Dan were in there. Mm-hmm. And I went in, took my character, and they had all the tables set up. And we were recruits into the the Knights of Salamnia. Is that uh-huh. how? Uh-huh. Yeah. And oh, then we were each in a platoon or squad. We were in a mm-hmm. squad, and we got some training and did things. And whatever we got shipped out to do, that affected everybody else in the room. So my squad was cool. tasked with you know, first clearing out a village and then guarding a bridge. And if we didn't, if we failed in one of those, then that changed everything else. But that was at a huge convention. And, yeah. you know, it's not... And you had 20 tables in that room mm-hmm. where they were all doing these different things. And that would that's not, do that at home. That sounds so <laughs> yeah. awesome, but so yeah. complex yeah. at the same time. And I'm glad I wasn't running it. I just had to show up and play. I just yeah. rolled dice. So right. You but, know where Dan was that morning. He was still playing in that game from the night before. Uh, no, that was from Friday night. This was, this was yes. 
Sorry to bring up old wounds, Dan. <laughs> you have to go back and listen to our Gary Khan uh, recap from last year if you, you want to. Honestly, it took me a minute to re- thank you. So thank you for that. It took me a minute to remember. I blotted that out of my memory. Oh, and now it's back. <laughs> even I know. I wasn't even at Gary Khan, and I know about that story. <laughs> Tom and I bring it up sometimes, and it just yeah. yeah. We just chuckle at the texts we uh, got. All right. So okay. Let's set aesthetics aside, because I think we know how we feel about how the look of the game is, kind of disappointing, flat, all that kind of stuff. Outside of that, in gameplay, what grade would you give this? I'll start. Yeah, yeah. go for it. <laughs> um, I'm, although I'm, I'm going to not answer you directly. I'm used to that. <laughs> my, my recommendation uh-huh. is if you can pick this game up for 50% off, definitely do it. I, I would I would really recommend this game if you have a group that sometimes can't get together. Like only some of you can get together. Mm-hmm. You need this game. This is a, a a very nice, acceptable substitute to actually playing a section of D and D. Oh, okay. I I didn't think about it too much until the next morning. I got up and I actually kind of had that feeling after a session of D and D. I was kind of running back to. Oh, we did this. We did this to save these okay. people, and my character was able to push these two aside, and Brian's character did this, and I was kind of replaying the movie in my head, like I do from a, mm-hmm. a regular D and D session. And that's when I thought, yeah, this is. Uh, I'm, I'm a little sad that this game didn't didn't succeed because I, I don't think it did, given the fact that it's in was bargain, it in you clearance know, bargain yeah. store yeah. Yeah. so quickly, so in the with store the, that you could buy it with money so quickly yeah. after it was released. So I feel bad about that because I think this is a nice addition to okay. the D&D stable. All right. Brian? I'd give it a solid B. I, I agree. I enjoyed playing it. I was like, I want to play another. We, we played the boot camp, mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to play another scenario. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. And, okay. and I would have, had we had more time, I, I was going to throw out, hey, let, let's go for scenario number two after this. You know, like, I, I was enjoying myself. And in gameplay, it was I was worried. Um, I think I told you I was worried because Mark is like, well, I know most of the rules, but I don't have everything down. So I thought it was going to be a real slog in the beginning of like, oh, you got to read through this book over and over again and figure everything it, out. It wasn't that. No, it wasn't that bad. It just mm-hmm. wasn't quite as streamlined as I wanted. Yes. And, but yeah, B, that's probably, I'm, I'm okay with that. There okay. are some things looking at it. I feel like there could be some polish put on it to make it, Nicer. There are some things they could do to write things a little better, and I think they could even expand it with different scenarios as it goes through. I really liked that it was cooperative and that you could have, was it up to five or six players? They said five, but I I feel like you could have easily added even one or two. Um, Where we played Onslaught before, and that's just, but that's just two players. Two players. And So it's nice to have something you have D&D related that's a whole team can yeah. get together. Just so. out of curiosity, how long did each scenario, once once you kind of had things rolling, how long does a scenario take? I'd say hour half, two, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, yeah. Now, I looked at the maps where the further ones out, they are way more complex. So I'm oh, wondering okay. if maybe as you get to scenario mm-hmm. eight, it might take longer. Yeah, yeah. Like when you so. fight the dragon army. Yeah. yeah, I felt okay. like the first one was less than an hour. It definitely yeah. was. The boot camp was, The boot yeah. camp? Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Well, cool. Wanted to take a few minutes to talk about Warriors of Kryn. I don't know how we're doing on time here. You played a second game that, Brian, I know is one of your favorite games of all time. Every time we get together to play games, you mention this one. And so we're going to talk just a little bit about uh, Red Dragon Inn. And by, it's by Slugfest. We, uh, we met the... It's not the owner, the CEO, or, or something of Slugfest when we were at uh, Gen Con two years ago mm-hmm. in the, on the um, trade day at night. And that was really cool to be able to sit down with him and talk about the game that they had out, but it wasn't Red Dragon Inn. So, Brian, I'm going to let you, I'm going to give you the honor of like giving us a, a, the breakdown of how Red Dragon Inn works. Oh, typically when I get into a game, I usually go all in and so I bought a couple of that when you buy a box set of it it comes with four characters and so I got really into it really quickly and there are nine box sets you can have own I own eight of them you own the one I don't (laughs) (laughs) and then you can also get side characters that usually come in one or two in a box and I have all but five of the side characters so I, I have most of the characters that you can play. And so what we did this time was, is I was like, all right, just give me a number between one and I think 30 or something. And rather than sorting through and picking, we just randomly all chose, chose the characters. characters. Okay. And so you drop seven cards and the game play. The one, one of the things I really like about the game is very simple to learn. You can teach somebody in less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had all played, I think... Everybody at the table that night had played okay. once before. And so it was, hey, we're just playing again. But gameplay is very simple. You take an action and you have cards that say action on them. You have cards that say sometimes and you have cards that say anytime. And so depending on <laughs> sometime or anytime, you can play them. And so you do that. Then you order a drink. And then you yourself, if you have a drink in front of you, you drink a drink and that is your round and then it passes to the next person the purpose of the game is to either drink everybody else under the table and that they pass out or they run out of money and we're talking in gameplay not in yes. real <laughs> not in real uh However, it could be modified to... I'm sure it could be modified to an actual uh, drinking game. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a rotten way to end the night, but uh, okay. Some of the drinks are poisoned, so I don't know if you'd really want to <laughs> yeah. replicate that. I don't know. I think in my younger days, I may have had some that were poisoned. I don't know. <laughs> Wood alcohol. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, So how many games of those did you guys get in? Just the one. Just the one. Yep. Okay. And uh, how did that go, and who won? Dan won. <laughs> <laughs> so did you outlast them, or did they run out of money? I don't th- did you run out of money? I ran out of money. Marcus, yeah, Mark okay. ran out of money. Yeah, I... Paul, he... There yeah, were four he, of us that played, and Paul targeted Brian out of the gate. And, and <laughs> All he, of you targeted well, me out because, of the gate. <laughs> right, because when I saw... The thing about this game is that you've got certain things you can do to the other players. You can make them drink or do things that cause them to lose sobriety, lose health. Right. And that's how you win is by getting yeah. them mm-hmm. down. But a lot of a lot of characters have counters to that that they can throw a card down real quick and sure. So so Paul slapped Brian with something that I also had could do. 
<laughs> and when I saw that it didn't, that he had no response and just had to take it, oh. I was like, well, I could throw this at Mark or Paul, but for all I know, they'll just they'll just cancel it. Mm -hmm. I know it's going to work if I throw it at Mark. <laughs> so I just did that. And, and then I followed along. <laughs> Which was and, the smart play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So that got Brian down, and then... Did you go? You didn't go first, though, did you? Or did no, you? surprisingly, I was the last person in with you. Say, I thought, yeah, <laughs> oh, so he nice. was heavily damaged. We managed to bankrupt Mark. And then you. Paul was out. very drunk very quickly. Like, he had gotten a drink that upped his alcohol like seven points. And so <laughs> he then. We did. You or I did something, and he passed. Yeah. In game passed out. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I won because I stayed low at the beginning when all of the damage was being done and okay. I, for, for whatever reason nobody paid too much attention to me well, I have to say my damage was really good I just ended up having to pay money at a couple times right. so yeah and so if I remember right on this you have a card that has your character mm -hmm. and the drunkenness is on one side and the fortitude, fortitude is on the other mm -hmm. and when those tokens go around your character sheet or your character card when they meet that means you're passed out. So it's kind of a neat mechanic. It you is could, a cool mechanic. You can keep your fortitude at perfect health, mm -hmm. but if you drink and drink and drink and drink, eventually that other one's going to go around to go around the touch side. Which is yeah. what happened to Paul. Like, that was the highest I'd ever seen somebody's alcohol and not be passed out because his fortitude was, I think, at 19 or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when he eventually got out of the game. But his alcohol <laughs> got up to 19, yeah. and so, yeah, he just... So I, I brought it up because I, I, I've played this game as well, and I really, really like it, just like you do, Brian. I think it's a lot of fun. It's, it can be a quick kind of game, yeah. but it has a lot of dynamics to it. And a lot of replayability. It, yes, mm -hmm. and, and the, car, the art on it is really cool. Mm -hmm. And the witty. They're, they have yes. witty things written on there. Like those were, yes. Yeah. Some mildly inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want to play this this game with children, but of course, it's being a drinking themed game. You probably wouldn't anyway, but <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> anyway, so it's a fun game, and I'm glad you guys got a chance to play that. So we will get back to Waterdeep next month mm -hmm. and uh, and continue that adventure. But I'm glad you guys had a chance to get together to play some games uh, while in my absence, while I was hanging out with a bunch of little speaky goblins um we had a fun weekend though nonetheless but uh all right well i think unless anybody has anything for the good of the order <laughs> no wow they got quiet really fast there so i will just say for mark Hoodler, brian DeSutter, and dan ream i'm tom gross and until next time keep rolling those 20s and that wraps up today's session so thank you for listening to teachers in the dungeon we appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.